0: Oh, a team, uh, happy, I don't know, happy whenever you're listening to this day. It's Harps, it's Melissa, it's Tommy, it's the Christmas series, it's the New Year's series, it's the series, it's the 10 bits, this is another bit of the 10 bits. We're excited, we're having fun. As we record this, it is December 22, at 10.01 in the AM to be precise. Hi, Melissa.
1: Hello, good morning, and I have a feeling that this episode is going to be 665B, Oh,
0: is is what we're going with
1: 665B oh, Or it? We whatever you want this. to call it But it's not oh. going to be Apparently It's well, not people going to be are wondering, People
0: who didn't hear that episode Are wondering What are you talking about Why don't you just call it The other number Well you'll have to I don't know Anyway it is what it is Isn't it I'm not superstitious <laughs> at all
1: I'm not a scaredy cat at all well, I mean, no. it, most big hotels, Craig, don't put a, a certain floor number in yeah. because it, it you know, scares off some people. So I see what you're doing. Well, <laughs> I'm not doing it for anyone but me. I'm scared myself. Nah, I
0: don't know. It is 666, folks, if you're wondering what we're talking about. It's the, uh, <laughs> it's the uh, alleged mark of the beast, the number of the beast in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. And I grew up in the middle of that. And Oh, freaks me out a tiny bit and I told you the story. Tom, were you here the other day when I told the story about the number plate? No, I'll just quickly recap because people good. have heard it but uh, Sam Wood, who you know, yep, I caught up with Sammy yesterday. Sam Wood and I had a little uh, kids gym called Gecko uh, gecko Kids gym, which was a little kind of PT group training center for kids um, which he then went on to expand but we got a couple of little Toyota Yaris's to run around in kind of all sign written and everything. He had one, I had one, just runabouts. And uh, mine turned up at my joint on the back of a truck. No, up at the highway it was. Um, One was registered in my name, one in his name and my number plate, I forget the letters, but the numbers were six, (laughs) six, six. And I ring him and I go, we've got to swap cars. (laughs) and he's like I go I'm not taking this car and he goes all right so he took it so I got I think I had like six six five
1: yeah and and he racked up a lot of speeding fines under your registration so
0: (laughs) didn't even care anyway but this is I, I guess this speaks to uh in in some terrible segue to what we're talking about today which is having an awareness of how we think and behave and see ourselves and ourselves in the world. And and so the title of today's ep is Becoming Self-Aware, Tommy. And of course, if you've just joined us and you don't know who Tom is, Tommy and I go way back. And for this uh, this little series of 10, he is in the driver's seat. Over yeah. to you, my friend. Literally, quite literally. Well, yeah, Melissa, I the, tell people car. what you mean by that.
1: Tommy, talk about commitment. Tommy is on holidays at the moment, so he has been recording all of these episodes from in the car so that he's got good internet, good audio, good everything. And it's quite funny because Tommy has managed to uh, have audio that sounds better than the majority of guests. (laughs) So, yeah, talk about commitment. Here's a tip. If you want good quality audio, go sit in your car with your microphone. It sounds great in here. Yeah, but you've also um,
0: got a two thousand dollar microphone, and you've also got your windows covered with blankets. You've created a little mobile kind of soundproof studio.
1: Yeah, well, look, a few things help, but um, you know, <laughs> you do your best with what you got, and um, and that's kind of what we're talking about today. We've all we we all have the opportunity to access self awareness, and we're going to talk about becoming self aware. So, I guess, Craigie, you're, you're you're thinking about this a lot. Your thesis, your PhD, is somewhat in relation to this. Mm. What is self-awareness? How how would you describe what self-awareness is?
0: It's it's really um, as <laughs> so I discovered when I did a deep dive. It's not a thing, but it's a it's a range of things. But it is on on a really fundamental level, it's it's us having an awareness of how we think and behave and feel and respond and interact with other humans and communicate and our self-talk and our stories and an awareness of how we break down the world around us and uh, give it uh, internal meaning, the way that we create our reality. So it's multidimensional. It's It's not a single thing. But I guess like self-awareness is me understanding me on a range of levels. And that part of that we've spoken about, you know, many times is metacognition is thinking about how we think and but also thinking about without bringing in the self-loathing and the overthinking, thinking about why do I feel this way when I'm around Tom? That's self-awareness. Or why when my dad does this or my mum says that or do I respond that way or do I feel that way or why do I feel compelled to impress someone in this moment? These are all examples of self awareness. Or why do I eat food that I know that I don't need while simultaneously wanting to be lighter and leaner and healthier? This is a self awareness question. So it's becoming aware of, of the totality of us, you know, cognitive, emotional, behavioral, social, and, and doing a little bit of a deep dive on that. That's what becoming
1: self- aware is, yeah, I guess i mean we'll we'll, we'll talk more about what self awareness looks like and 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 what it brings to our life, but maybe let's look at what a lack of self awareness and and what that causes in an individual's life, what do you think?
0: well, I think when you you know specific to what my research is about, which is understanding what it's like being around me, so we call that external self-awareness um, is is my ability to understand the Craig experience for others and why that matters. And again, if you've heard this too many times, switch off everyone. But the, the, the quickest way I can give an example for people is I say, and I've been saying this for 20 years, when we talk about communication and self-awareness, you know, put up your hand if you've ever heard your voice on audio tape. And unlike us three who hear ourselves a fair bit, um, most people haven't heard themselves a lot, but they have heard themselves. And I say, put up your hand if you've heard your voice on audio tape, and then people kind of lift their arm, you know, begrudgingly with a kind of a cringy look on their face. And they're like, oh, God, my voice on audio tape, oh, I sound terrible, you know. And And then I say, all right, now put up your hand if you think you sound like rubbish or you think you sound weird or bad or shitty. And then pretty much all the hands go back up. Yeah, I sound terrible. My voice is terrible on audio. And then I say, well, that's how you sound all the time to the rest of us. You know, and it's understanding that even on that really simple kind of analogy that what what I hear in my head, literally what I hear in inverted commas in my head is not what people hear audibly outside of my head. So the way that my voice sounds to me is not the way that my voice sounds to others. And even using that as a platform to open the door on this awareness idea that what, what I'm giving people is perhaps not what they're getting. And even in the middle, so what are some of the potential problems? You think about this. If I'm in the middle of a conversation and I don't have a level of awareness that the person in front of me doesn't think like me or communicate like me or understand the things I understand or is interested in the things that I'm interested in, um, if I lack that awareness, I'm probably going to make create more disconnection than connection and more problems than solutions. And so awareness and self-awareness and situational awareness and social awareness, all interconnected constructs, they all play an important role in helping us navigate life Mm. and more specifically navigate the interpersonal stuff, the human stuff, the conversations, the problem solving, the conflict resolution, the leadership, the teamwork. Um, When I'm more self-aware, I realize that to this person, I'm annoying. I realize that to this person, um, I'm inspiring. I realize that this person doesn't want to talk to me or i'm I'm missing the mark with this person. Or I realize that every time I feel a little bit down, I go and eat junk food. That's self-awareness. that's and and I'm starting to recognize negative and destructive patterns and responses and behaviors. So opening the door on being self-aware, is really trying to find a level of objectivity in the middle of what is otherwise, for most of us, a very subjective journey. Subjective mm. because the subject is me, and I am the subject. <laughs> an object is when I can step back and look at the subjective through an objective lens and see myself as the object rather than be the subject. Does that make sense?
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, so it, it really opens the door to broadly speaking, better outcomes and people that re I mean, you've met people that really lack self-awareness, like they're annoying sometimes and they don't know, but they're not trying to be annoying or they're, they're, they're overly vulnerable in a bad way and they're not trying to be, but they don't know, or they're, they come across as um, inconsiderate or blunt um but they don't – and that was something – so that was something I lacked is uh, is is when I was younger, when people would say you're intimidating, you know, you're a good person, we like you. But when I would lecture when I was younger, when I was in my late 20s and th- early 30s and I was teaching VicFit classes, I lacked the awareness that some people found me to be uh, intimidating. Intimidating. Or overly direct. And then because I lack that awareness, uh, there were issues that I needed to deal with. Right. and one of the problems with this is then your ego comes in and goes, well, I, I'm not, I'm not overly direct. I'm not um, intimidating. They're just fucking precious. Right. Then you start to rationalize what you're doing. And yeah. so the ego needs to go, the humility needs to, and the awareness needs to step up and then you go, okay, because what
1: I think I'm giving people really doesn't matter if that's not what they're getting. It's almost like, uh, I mean, so I've met people who I know are self-aware, but they still are a POS Mm. piece of shit. Like (laughs) as much as they have the information based on their level of self awareness, they aren't then acting or using that as the catalyst to, to make change. So you can be aware that you, that someone doesn't really want to talk to you, but you could push through based on something else. But so you haven't actually acted on that information that you've been able to, um, you know, conjure in your mind. And so for me, I, I once I saw a um, psychologist and I had like a bit of a penny drop moment based, uh, which was, a, you know, me sort of gaining a level of self-awareness, but then it, 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 I need to act on that. Right. So it was like, I realized that when I was anxious, I would become controlling. And mm. that's like a coping mechanism of anxiety is that you, you know, like children, it's very easy to get anxious and want to control the situation or with your partner. And I don't want to be some fucking controlling, you know, over controlling person. And so, but then it gave me the opportunity. And and I don't say I'm perfect. I can't, I, I probably still am at times controlling because the anxiety is too much but I've definitely created some kind of alarm system based on gaining the self-awareness mm. to then know in the moment I'm like ah oh, here he is yeah the controller and and that's like a first step to putting you know putting the self-awareness that I've created into practice
0: that well you make a really good point and that is that self-awareness in itself is not enough it's good. It's the starting point. But then like a lot of people have the awareness that, that they eat shit while simultaneously uh, live in a body that they're unhappy with. They know that. They know that they, that they do things to their body which are at odds with their health goals. They know that. They also know that they're difficult to be around. Um, and then, the, then part two is, well, are you going to do something about that? Um, do, you, do you want to do something about that? And, and we all know that, like, on a level, everyone wants to change something on a level. But the make or break is really the will I do the work and will I get uncomfortable because becoming, you know, for me the journey of self-discovery and self-awareness and self-development has been painful because there's been a lot of things about me that truly I did not like about me and I needed to acknowledge about me even publicly and say, I'm sorry. Um, And, but that is, there is no other way. There is no other way to grow and change and improve and learn. You know, if we truly want to become like a a more evolved, I hate all these terms, they sound cheesy, but I can't think of others, but a more evolved version of us, more loving, more kind, more empathetic, Um, you know, whatever it is, more successful, whatever your KPIs are, then part of that is being able to acknowledge what is and what isn't about ourselves, you know. And so there's that, all right, my awareness is every time somebody challenges me with something or somebody points something out about me that is true but I don't like, instead of taking it on board, instead of thinking about it, instead of doing a deep dive on why is it that I do that thing? I attack them because it's much easier in inverted commas. If they're wrong, then I've got to change. Cause if they're wrong, then I can just be mad at them. But if they're right, then I need to own up and step up. And I don't want to own up and step up. So I'm going to be critical of them. And this is a big, you know, put on your, your big boy or your big girl pants moment for all of us because this shit is hard like we, we love the idea of humility and spirituality and growth and help and service and blah, blah, let's pump out the fucking feel-good terms. But the truth is that in the middle of all of this, it's a shit-fest of struggle. And, you know, self-awareness is the ever-present kind of challenge for all of us, you know, or the ever-present starting point for all of us to that journey. Like if you're not aware of how you are, you're not going to change it. If you're not aware that you do this thing, you can't address it. If you're not aware that, you know, like I I had a self-awareness moment when I was about 30 around my dad, God bless him, and how I expected my dad to communicate based on nothing other than what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And then I went, I had this moment where I went, the problem is not my dad. The problem is that I expect my dad to think the way that I do. That was a beautiful self-awareness moment, and the moment that I stop, stopped expecting my dad to be what I thought he should be, I had relief. Nothing changed externally; he he wasn't even in the conversation. But as soon as I had this moment, or as soon as I realised that I was a personal trainer who was telling people to do one thing, and I was doing another as soon as I had the awareness that I was actually a fraud, as soon as I had the awareness that I was, you know, not walking the talk and I owned up to that, then I was either going to just keep being a fraud and, and living in the bullshit. And I wasn't trying to be, by the way, I just had eating issues, but nonetheless I was not walking the talk or I needed to go, you know what, something has to change and I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think when we say I'm the problem, we don't need, need to say, I am a problem broadly, but in this situation with this thing, I'm the problem. And it's owning up and stepping up. And I believe that self-awareness is almost, mm, it, it's definitely in the top three crucial components of personal development in a practical sense.
1: Yeah. Well, you change your mind, you change the world, or at least yeah. your own world because you it can shift everything about your experience once you're working on what's going on in your mind. Um, wh- what about those people that say, uh, you know, um, oh, it's just me. I, you know, it's, you know, they've r- really sort of anchored in what, yeah. how they view their self, which I mm. guess is a level of self-awareness to some degree that they've identified traits about themselves, mm. you know, look, I think that's a. I
0: think acknowledging how you are is a really good thing and and I'm not you know you might you might recognize things about yourself that maybe are not ideal or not optimal, but you are kind of okay with that. Um, and like I, I literally had a conversation with a friend of mine not that long ago who drinks and smokes and does drugs. and uh, and and like it gives it a fair crack. And we were just talking about stuff and I can't remember exactly, but essentially what he said was, I'm well aware and I'd rather just live like this and die when I'm 70 than change and, you know, eke out another 15 years or something. And I went, really? He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, I don't want to stop. I'm like, okay. Now, who am I to judge that? That is not the choice I would make, but that doesn't mean it would be the right choice, the one that I would make. And so we're not pushing an agenda of how people should respond or live or eat or breathe or drink or not drink. We're just, and what I actually respected is he knows what he's doing. He knows that his lifestyle is not optimal, but I know him quite well. And I also know that in the middle of that, he's pretty fucking happy. And I go, okay, okay. And he said, but if I ever want to do something, I'll yell out. I'm like, well, I'm here, but like, and, and so I don't think that self-awareness needs to – all paths don't need to, you know, superiority and positive transformation, and sometimes it's just realizing, you know, it could be something small. It could be when I walk past this person at work and I smile and I say hi – that something magic happens, you know, to that person, for that person because they like to be acknowledged or they like somebody to pay them a compliment or whatever. Like these don't need to be big things. But I feel like we go through, and we'll finish on this, I feel like we go through life with blinders on, not seeing so much of what there is to see, And it's really about opening up, sometimes literally opening up our eyes and literally looking around, and sometimes it's a metaphor
1: to open up your eyes to all that is. Yeah. I mean, I could keep asking you questions, Craig, Um, but, you know, we don't have all day. Have we got one more? Can I ask one more? Sure. Well, Well, I thought you were going to say I could keep asking questions, but I'm self-aware in the moment
0: that that would be inappropriate.
1: Oh well, yeah, yeah, I am, but I'm um I'm a control freak. I'm a bit anxious, and I'm taking back control. And uh, I'm going to ask another question. All right. I'm ready. Um, just on your friend, not to to judge him, but just that is an example where he's identified. So he's he's self aware about how he behaves and what his actions are. Mm. Um, but what about when we aren't considering? So there's one thing: self awareness. But what about the external so external awareness about others mm. and considering other people and how our self and the, our actions are affecting others around us. So it's mm. all well and good to be cool with taking drugs and drinking and smoking mm. but and I don't know his situation I'm not speaking to his mm, situation mm, specifically but what about when you when you have a family I know I'm a piece of shit when I drink mm. a, as in after I'm I'm no good I'm tired I'm all these things. Mm. And so I feel out of alignment when I do these things. Yeah. And I try not do I try not to do them much because it's I have to live with that incongruency of who I want to be and how I then act. I and- love this question and
0: I love the way that you're thinking. And these are the questions I want our listeners and our tribe and everyone to you know, that's a beautiful question. That's an evolved question. That's all well and good. So you're okay with that. That's cool. But what about the people you leave behind? What about your kids? What about the, you know, your young kids that you don't, by the way, you don't make it to 70. You die when you're 58, you know, and you've got a a 16 year old, how's that going? You know? So yeah. And look, I don't have a, a, an absolute answer to that, but you, you raise a really good point. And that is, you know, an, an awareness of, of what is, uh, what works in inverted commas beyond myself. Like, how does this impact others? Um, but also I will say that uh, you know you can't make somebody aware you can't you can point things out but we also can't make someone ready to think differently or to you can't make them ready to change. but you know I would think given you know as as somebody who might be their friend or their even their partner or I find that it's a real challenge because I don't like giving people advice they haven't been asked for. I don't like I- injecting my thoughts and ideas when they haven't they haven't put up their hand, right? Uh, but there are times when I will say something uh, where I'm it's a one-off thing and it's because I'm actually a bit worried for them. And I'll go against my own kind of rule in inverted commas and say, look, I know you didn't ask, but I love you and I'm worried about you. And I don't know, every time I talk to you lately, you look like you've had 13 beers the night before and you just don't look awesome. Are you okay? What's going on? You know, and sometimes people will open up and sometimes people go, nah, I'm good. And sometimes people will have a breakdown and say, yeah, I really need your help. Um, But I think with that, Like with a lot of conversations, it's really about timing and situation. If I thought it was diabolically urgent, then I would not worry about timing or situation. I would just, and even if the outcome, you know, if I feel people are in, in impending danger, then, you know, I would just do what I think is, is the right thing to do. But yeah, it's, that and that's the thing you know narcissists they're aware of what they're doing but they don't give a fuck as well yeah. <laughs> like narcissists they know that they're hurting and intimidating and that, but but not only are they aware but that gives them uh pleasure because they're mm. control freaks and intimidating and controlling and manipulating others actually is part of their jam mm. so you know no good.
1: <laughs> no good. All right. Uh, I I'm I'm good now. I've I've All right. stopped I'm controlling you and it. Throw I feel back like to you, we
0: finished on a Debbie Downer. But uh, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you, everyone. And I uh, hope you're enjoying your break. And we'll see you next time. We're talking next time, FYI, about uh, purpose, specifically finding our purpose. See you next time. See ya.